Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. Uh, this is a special spotlight episode. We're going to be talking about some nuts and bolts of the comic industry. And I have John Jackson Miller from the Comicron website joining me. Uh, John, thanks for taking the time. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, before we get into kind of the, the state of things, uh, which I think you're kind of uniquely situated to, to talk about, why don't you give everybody a, a little bit of background? Uh, you know, you're a comic creator. Clearly, you, you've had uh, an interest in, in the sales and kind of the, the background behind the scenes of the comic industry for a long time with the Comic-Con uh, comic website. Uh, so why don't you let everybody know uh, kind of your background? Uh, I've been a comics collector since uh, the 70s. Uh, I still have just about every comic book that I uh, ever got from age six. Uh, other people's mothers threw their comics away. Uh, my mother was a, a, a grade school librarian, so she got me to put my comics in order. Uh, and so that's kind of how it's been ever since. I've always been cataloging what I've got. Uh, keeping track of how many copies I've got, uh, you know, it, it is some years better than others, but, um, you know, it's just, it turned into something where, uh, you know, many years later, I'm keeping track of not just the comics I've got, but the comics everybody's got. Uh, and that's kind of, uh, that's kind of the way that uh, worked out. Um, I was the editor of the trade magazine for the comics industry, a magazine called Comics Retailer. Uh, from 1993, right almost immediately after the crash started, uh, and then uh, all the way through uh, the early 2000s, uh, and uh, it, you know, and at that point, uh, I started freelancing comics, writing myself. I, I uh, wrote uh, Crimson Dynamo and Iron Man for Marvel, uh, Star Wars comics for Dark Horse, uh, Knights of the Old Republic is the the series that. Uh, people probably the most familiar with, and then many other publishers and, and other franchises. And then also I've since then been writing novels uh, for Star Wars and uh, Star Trek uh, and uh, and uh, fiction in a number of different uh, you know, tie-in universes. Uh, but even though I have not been uh, at the, the day job uh, you know, with the magazines for you know, well over a decade now, um, I have continued to track uh, the comic sales data. Um, one consequence of the uh, distributor wars in uh, comics in the mid-1990s is that there was a period uh, of about a year where you could not actually uh, figure out what was the best-selling comic book. Uh, this was because, uh, and this may sound familiar now, uh, the comic sales were spread between multiple distributors and there was nobody that you could buy from that could give you all the comics. Uh, and so there was no such thing as a sales chart that, uh, that would do for everybody. Um, Marvel in 1986, late eight, 1996 rather, they realized that this was a bad thing uh, because, uh, you know, one of the things that the charts do is they advertise what's working. They they sort of say, all right, here's 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 what's being successful right now. And even though I think people pay way too much attention to the horse race, uh, you know, people you know kind of look at these things like sports pages in a way that I don't think they should. Uh, but you know, there was this lack of information out there, and in particular, a lack of information that was helping retailers because. 
you know, if a retailer sees that something is selling better nationwide than, you know, he's, you know, selling in his shop, he will order more. Uh, and so uh, they approached me, I, uh, and I approached them kind of at the same time. Uh, and uh, in 96, I started a monthly, uh, you know, service where uh, I reported the sales figures not just of Diamond, but also of Marvel every month. And I would estimate them using various various ways. And, and that continued and has continued on up until uh, the pandemic in 2020, uh, when things got uh, more complicated. Uh, and uh, and again, when I, when I left the day job, I sort of made Comicron.com uh, the place where I put all this information. And it's not just um, the sales figures from from Diamond, but I also have a lot of other sources of information uh, that I can get into. Uh, that uh, that you know, not all of it is on the site. In fact, a small fraction of what I've got is on the site. Uh, but there are two hundred thousand sales figures on the site currently. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great resource. I I use it all the time. And you know, you kind of touched on it there about what what the value of this is. I mean. Certainly a, a casual comic fan is not necessarily going to Comicron and pouring over these numbers and and pulling data from it necessarily. And and that's fine. There may be no need for them to do that. You know, but somebody like myself who is is reviewing comics and, and like you mentioned, it's a it's a great barometer for what's working and what's not. Yeah. And uh, it's great as a historical tool as well to go back and look at trends and and different things. Um and I, I, I wonder, and, and it's great that you brought up kind of the, the period in the 90s where the numbers weren't there. The, the big two, they certainly have become more corporatized in recent years. You know, I mean, Marvel has been owned by, by Disney for quite a while. I mean, DC's been owned by Warner Brothers for what, decades longer than that. And now Warner Brothers itself owned by AT&T, a much bigger conglomerate. And there's always that cynical part of me in the back of my head that thinks, well, corporations always keep those kind of numbers close to the best, right? Um, because they want to be able to put out, they want to massage the numbers, make the numbers say what they want them to say for the you know interest of shareholders and things like that and, and PR. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that keeping these sales numbers secret is a, is a good thing. And uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit um, that right now with these I guess new distributor wars, you know, Marvel's going to go over to Penguin Random House. I don't know if we're going to get any sales numbers. I know we're not getting any sales numbers from from Lunar Distribution, yeah. who's, who's putting uh, the DC books out. So uh, I'm curious to your opinion about, do you think we will get some numbers eventually? Do you think we should? And And why do you think that, I mean, is it just the upheaval that's causing a problem? Or do you think there's something... I don't want to use the word sinister, but do you think there's something else going on because of these corporations not wanting to have that information public? Well, there's there's a, a whole lot of parts to this question. <laughs> uh, I think one thing about comics, uh, you know, we have had a lot more transparency about what's selling uh, in this business uh, than uh, a lot of others. Uh, and some of it has been caused by uh, just the nature of the product. Uh, for example, uh, you know, comics fans, even in the 60s, uh, were able to find out information about what was selling uh, because comics were sold through postal subscriptions. And so the statements of ownership in the back of the comics had numbers. 
or comics sold advertising. And so that meant that the, the Audit Bureau of Circulation was keeping tabs on what individual publishers were selling. Uh, so there were always sources for this sort of thing. And the, the, the modern distributor numbers really came about in, uh, I think it was 1984, uh, when Capital City Distribution, which was run by uh, Milton Greep and John Davis, Milton Greep, who still runs ICV2, um, which is sort of the second chapter of internal correspondence, which was the magazine that Capital had. Yeah. Um, yeah. The what what his thinking was is if we can tell people, we won't say what the actual sales are, because the publishers probably wouldn't like that. But we will say, all right, for every hundred copies of uh, X Men, we sold uh, forty copies of this new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. And the purpose of that was to tell retailers who were not connected by the internet or anything else who could not see eBay sales on things, uh, you know, this is got traction elsewhere in the country. Uh, it's a, it's really a regional commodity report. Uh, and that's in fact, one of the reasons why the UK and North America, we've always kept separate mm -hmm. uh, because the list of books that are available in both markets is different. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's it's really you know a, a comic book that is uh, you know, has copies that are for sale only in the UK is not going to be relevant over here and vice versa. Uh, and so you know we have uh, we have this information and what happens is Diamond follows what Capital does in the early '90s and they start running the numbers too. Uh, Capital folds when it sells out to Diamond in '96. Uh, but Diamond kind of keeps it going from then after. And over the years, it got uh, increasingly detailed. Um, we went from having uh, just the 300 comics to the top 500. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we went from having no graphic novels reported to 10 and then 25 and then back to 10 for a while. And then 25 and 50 and 100 and 300 and finally 500 from Diamond every month. Uh, graphic novels. There are crap. There are categories, uh, various categories that Diamond has done that that you don't even see because I don't share them. Uh, Diamond still releases that information or has released that information on books and magazines and toys and and uh, t-shirts. There are sales charts that you know people don't ever see, but they're still generated uh, because again, the theory is the service for the retailers. The audience for this has been the retailers. What I determined, though, was that the lack of transparent information for fans. You mentioned this being specialized information that the fans don't necessarily need to know. Well, in the early 90s, it really would have helped if fans <laughs> had known that a lot of the books that they were told were rare, were it not, were right. existed in the okay. millions. And, and, you know, think about the person, this literally happens, somebody in Michigan bought 5,000 copies of X-Men Volume 2, number one, from his retailer. There were over 8 million copies of that comic book. Uh, but that information would only be known to you uh, if you, uh, you know, I think we had some information in Comics Buyer's Guide, the magazine that was the sister publication to Comics Retailer. Um, you know, and, and, you know, there's other places you could have gotten some of that information, but if it had been fully transparent, 
Um, again, it did appear in the diamond charts. It did appear in the capital charts, but there wasn't anybody like me then that was taking those ratios that they ran and then cooking up an estimate from it. Uh, and, and, you know, these are estimates that over time have gotten much more, uh, you know, precise, much more exact to the point where I can say that basically, you know, I, I even know from Diamond that, that, you know, we've been nailing the right numbers for the last decade. But now we get into this period that, that you know, begins with, uh, with the pandemic. Diamond has had two pauses, um, and I'll get, the, I'll get to the diamond part first and then the, the lunar part. Diamond has had two pauses in releasing the data. The first one was with the shutdown. Uh, and of course, there were no comics that came out in April or the first half of May at all. Uh, and Diamond did not uh, publicly release uh, with a press release and its usual you know, announcement anything from uh, April all the way through to uh, the first ones that they, they did were August. They started again in August, they, they, they did September, they did October, but they did not go immediately back to the old way where they were showing all the data. They did not do those uh, ratios. They did not do the index numbers as we call them. Uh, and there are a number of reasons for that, but part of it was that, um, you know, it was, Still, you know, the, the, the industry by, um, you know, last fall was still a shadow of what it would have been a year before. Right. You, you know, we know, uh, we know from talking to retailers that the second half of 2020 uh, and the first part of 2021, that these, the numbers were great. Uh, they were in a lot of stores, uh, that they were you know, getting better and improving. And they were still improving through all this time. But you still, for a lot of this period, had had you know completely ex taking away from the fact that DC was gone. You still, even if you're comparing apples to apples, everybody but DC last year to everybody but DC the year before, um, you still have a fair size gap there that is caused by the fact that Marvel was only putting out you know uh, half as many books mm -hmm. as it was. Uh, the year before, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the people think that, oh, well, you know, everything went back to full strength almost immediately after, um, you know, Diamond reopened. Well, no, there's a wave there where stuff that didn't actually go out the door at Diamond does sort of push out. And in fact, there is this big bottleneck in the summer of 2020 where Diamond is shipping a ridiculous number of different graphic novel releases uh, because the graphic novel market never stopped. Right. They, they kept putting stuff out. Um, but you still see things playing out uh, all the way through to now, because when were the comics that are coming out now, you know, first conceived? When were they, when were they first, you know, approved? When, when did they first start work on them? Some of these things are going back to the second quarter of 2020. So we are still not up to, uh, you know, a, an apples to apples thing where, you know, you could do a straight up comparison. Now you get to April, 2020. Well, obviously that's going to be compared or April, 2021. Obviously that's going to be comparing with nothing. So that's, that's going to, that's going to look a lot better, right. but 
I mean, if the question is, you know, are these pauses simply because it's not fair to show, you know, these metrics year to year, it's not, it's just, you know, it's not, it's not that the information isn't correct, but it might be distracting to get that whole thing in there of, of, you know, what we were doing then to what we're doing now. In a sense, it's sort of like, you know, people keeping tabs on the unemployment reports and trying to compare them, you know, from, from this previous period. Well, this was an apocalyptic period. This is, this is a much different, you know, time that we're comparing with. So, so you have that factoring in there. There's also logistics. Um, you know, everybody's working from home. Uh, you know, at distributors, a lot of a lot of retailers uh, had shut their doors anyway. But uh, you know, the, the, during during the pandemic, uh, but publishers certainly are still. A lot of people are still remote. Um, you know, uh, Diamond is in multiple different states uh, of the country uh, where things are in different you know, situations, and so uh, you know, it's I I I. I believe that a number of things that are happening in this current pause, because it did pause again in November, uh, December, January, February. I believe that we you know, uh, that we have some logistical things going on, uh, which uh, we're just slowing it all down, and they just press pause again, and it, it just in the sense of actually getting somebody to do that extra bit of work to generate the numbers. And then, of course, you have these other two things happening, which is, you know, D.C. Uh, not being there. Uh, well, that that obviously is a complication or it's a it's a it's a it's a change. They were still willing to go back to printing numbers in the fall uh, or at least at least rankings in the fall of 2020 without D.C., although it did look lopsided. It was, you know, Marvel six six to one over image. Um, and and then you know once we get to uh, you know, this spring and uh, the news that Marvel is going to uh, Random House as its primary um, distribution partner uh, and Diamond is becoming a wholesaler, well at this point I'm not nagging anybody for any information because <laughs> I I'm I'm a third party anyway uh, I'm an archivist I'm I'm. I'm recording what is available and then I'm interpreting and analyzing what's made available. I have generated some content of my own, uh, both last summer and a little now in terms of, uh, you know, using a, a, a retail order data set that I've got to project what I believe the rankings would be fairly close to. Uh, but I am reluctant to go you know, much further with that, especially if I think, there is a chance that we'll still get the full real numbers. And right now we're just, it's, it's, it's a wait and see thing. And I have been playing the long game in, in this business for so long. I mean, what did I do much of last year when I didn't have, for the first time in 25 years, I didn't have the monthly report to do. Well, I was working on the 1960s. <laughs> I was working, I, I, I was working on finally uh, you know, generating uh, you know, estimates for a lot of things that I've had available to me, but I needed the time to actually sit down and decipher some stuff, uh, figure out, you know, uh, you know, what things are really reporting and when things really came out and that sort of thing. 
uh, and uh, and you know, get the stuff in a shape that I can get it uh, into uh, into the public's you know view. Um, and so you know things like uh, you know there, there's still a gap on the website. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the uh, the mid '90s in that period there uh, when Marvel is at uh, is at uh, is at um, when, when Marvel is at Heroes World, there's about a year on Comicron where you know we have the we have the Diamond charts up to '95, then we have Diamond from '95 to '96, but with no Marvel. So if you want to know what the Marvel sales are, you just don't know. I have some resources that will allow me to actually fill that in. I've been waiting to have time to do it. And obviously it's been 25 years. So uh, in a sense, you know, I know that if I put it up to a a, a poll or a vote or the people on my Patreon uh, and asked, what would you rather me spend my time doing, Uh, you know, working on the silver age or working on the current uh, you know, sales charts, it would be about 50, 50, mm. uh, or actually what people say when I ask them that they say, we need both. We want both. <laughs> and all right, well, I keep writing novels and that takes me away for a while. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so you, you do, but you do think eventually this, um, this data will become available. You don't think it's a, a, a situation where these corporations might be trying to yeah, um, keep them secret. I have uh, well. Remember what we're talking about. We're, we're referring to the corporations. So, um, okay, Lunar hasn't done anything in terms of putting the data out. Uh, Lunar though is is it, you know Lunar is not owned by DC. Lunar is its is its own thing. Right. Um, but uh, it, it, it you know it in Lunar's case, I think again it's a logistic thing. No matter uh, you know beyond anything else, who has time? Who has time? to do this right now when you're still actually getting ramped up. Uh, and, and, you know, Lunar has gone from uh, you know, not having a, dis- a distribution platform for retailers to having half the country, to having the entire country for DC. Boom, boom, boom. And, um, you know, it, 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 it never had... Uh, they were in somewhat better shape at, at uh, UCS, uh, which was Midtown Comics, because Midtown uh, had a more robust uh, you know, engine already set up on its internet uh, site where uh, you know, they were able to do almost right away sales charts. But their sales charts were sort of those Amazon-like sales charts where it's, this is the best selling thing this week right and you have no idea what the time frame is you have no idea what what you know, what the numbers are you know it's it's better than nothing <laughs> but you know it's also you know it's just using something that probably already had that was off the shelf uh and and you know it's i, I imagine that you know when you think about it this the sales charts at diamond um, you know, Diamond is founded in 1980. Uh, Diamond is doing just typewritten charts on a newsletter uh, up until about 91. 
so I mean, it's it, and it's just one page, and there's nothing. The publisher names aren't even on them. It's a good thing I remember what all the publisher book, what all the books were. Uh, <laughs> so you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that was Mirage. Uh, I I I spend a, an inordinate amount of time looking stuff like that up, uh, particularly because the Capital City charts. They're extremely detailed in the 80s uh, and early 90s. They would go out to everything they publish or distributed. So like 700, some of them were 700 items long. Wow. And and I'm looking at this stuff and it's a good thing that I have all of the catalogs because if I didn't, you know, I, I'm, I'm staring at things in 700th place and say, C-O-R, what is that? Okay, Cornerstone uh, or something like right. that. Yeah. So, so it's a trip down memory lane. Um, but you know, this is a feature, uh, the, the tracking that you add after you've got everything else figured out. And so I think it, it, to some degree with Lunar, you have that happening. You have, you know, there, yes, it could be a feature and not a bug as far as DC is concerned, not to have this information out. On the other hand, um, you know, it, it, it makes them uh you know not be able to you know trumpet nearly as often what they used to mm-hmm. which is hey this is the best selling comic book uh this is the best you know the, you know we we i've been able to say okay yeah it was three jokers one two three in a row right. you know in in the in the in the fall of last year um but you're you know otherwise you're just having to take the publisher's word for it and yeah, I think that there is a desire in the market to kind of have at least that much information, um, and uh, and so, you know, I I think we'll we'll get to it. Um, a metaphor that I use um, is, uh, you know, I have a journalism bachelor's degree, but my master's is in Soviet studies. I got the last. I I joke that I got the last Soviet studies degree offered <laughs> in this country because. I was literally driving back from Indiana University and taking a summer of Russian immersion so that I could go work on my dissertation. Uh, and the Soviet Union collapsed. I joked that the Soviet Union collapsed on my dissertation. Everything I was studying vanished. Uh, and my major professor at the time said, oh, it's no problem. You can continue work with what you were going to work on. Uh, you know, it'll be useful for the study of elites or something like that. And I'm like, well, that's great. You know, if if the uh, if another country with the exact same everything comes <laughs> right. along, right. you'll know what to do. Um, well, the way I looked at it is, you know, it, 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 things are sh- when, when, when the ground is still shaking. That is not the time to do do any measurements. Um, you know, this is you, you cannot you know, surveyors do not work in the middle of an earthquake. Right. And so um, the ground is still shaking. The ground is still shaking. The ground is shaking for a lot of reasons. You've, you've got, you've got, you've got the pandemic, you've got DC and its distribution move. We now have Marvel and its distribution move. And, and this is, this is the other thing that we're just really sort of coming to grips with. We have an unprecedented amount of, loose money in the market uh and and it's not it, it's not a, a case like it was in the early 90s in the early 90s the 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 boom and bust uh i i i say about that often the boom and bust was not uh you know primarily caused by speculation uh speculation 
uh, you know, was 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 an accelerant. It was an aggravating factor. It was the fact that you had 12 distributors that were offering easy credit to anybody who wanted to open a store or anybody who wanted to open an account selling comics at a flea market or out of the back of their trunk uh, or or wherever uh, you had uh, you had a credit bubble. Uh, and you know, it, that resulted in there being way, way too much demand at the retail level uh, than there was, and readers who did not exist for those comics. Right. Well, this is different. This is not a case where there's too much money at the retail level. Uh, this is, uh, or too much credit at the retail level. This is a situation where the consumers um, have, because of the pandemic, artificially limited venues where they could spend their money. Uh, you know, convention travel, don't have to spend it. Uh, convention purchases, you're not spending that money. Uh, and so uh, certainly looking at eBay, I think the tracking that I had seen, uh, you know, the first three months of 2021, uh, CGC Comics on eBay, in the first three months of 2021, outsold in dollars and units the previous nine months. So it's a ridiculous amount of money that's out there. And that is also going to make comparisons wacky. Um, I, 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 honest to goodness, I have been looking nine different ways. I, I, I said I had a plan B and a plan C and a plan D in case anything ever happened to some portion of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm now on plan F and G. And, and things where you say, well, you at least have some metrics from a year ago that you can look back on or, or 15 months ago now that you can look back on where you had all the information. Well, is it still valid when there's crazy money out there? Um, is it still valid when you have, uh, you know, a book like Berserker that its publisher says, uh, you know, sold 615,000 copies? Uh, you know, and 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 again, it used to be what we could do at Comicron was say, okay, well, this was the portion of that that was in North America at Diamond in the month. We can't really do that now, right. uh, so it's it's all on what the publishers say. Um, the publishers are generally honest about these things. It's just good to kind of have that that backup. Um, I think they will find that it is good to have that backup again, and. Certainly, the retailers need it. You know who uses the sales charts most? Uh, it's the new shops. It's the new shops that are opening. Diamond was able for years to say, well, look, you just need to pick a sales level, how much money you're willing to spend, then take the diamond charts uh, and uh, and just convert it to your site, in, or your store rather, in terms of figuring out what you should be ordering. Right. Because... You know, if you if you say to yourself, I'm going to be able to afford buying, you know, 5,000 new comics a month. Well, you can take the diamond chart, you know, can the the uh, the the order index ratios through it and it will tell you that means uh, 40 copies of Batman. That means 30 copies of Amazing Spider-Man. That means all of that. That that, that was who was using that information. You'll hear some, you know, you know, the, you know shops, uh, you know, the established shops saying, oh, we never looked at those charts. Well, no, they didn't need to because they were established. 
they had their own tracking systems. They knew, they didn't know, need to know what was going on nationally because they have a big enough sample base. They have a big enough data stream already uh, that, uh, that, you know, it's, it, it, it becomes, you know, it, you're no longer looking at the, uh, the national weather then. You're just looking at the local. Right. Uh, but there are cases where people are going to need the national weather. Yeah, uh, uh, whether you're new or whether you're t- taking over, whether uh, you know you you could be moving locations. I mean, there's there's any number of of reasons for it. And one of the the great things is being able to look at things from a historical perspective. And I think that's where we're looking at the current situation where yeah. it, it it makes it tough, right? Yeah. Like we, we clearly we know that there are any number of other entertainment venues now, certainly way more than when you and I were kids, you oh, know, yeah. we didn't have, there was like one channel that had cartoons on in the afternoon. And if you didn't watch it, that was it. You know, there was no cartoon network. There was no yeah. streaming service. There was no, you know, cartoons anytime you wanted it. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing. And now there's, there's instant entertainment all the time. So it, it's not a huge surprise that, that comics don't sell, what they used to sell back when it was a different model, newsstand distribution and millions and millions of copies, but it, you're still able to extrapolate, you know, kind of just like the same way you would look at the value of a dollar. You just take out the inflation. It's the same, the same sort of thing. Um, When you're talking about that, that index that makes things much tougher, um, especially with all the upheaval, and even if you were able to convert that index, because as you said, you know, you, you're, you have other sources beyond just what you've used in the past, yeah. Diamond or Lunar, not being able to get you the numbers or what have you, at least, you know, you have contacts, retailers and that sort of thing, being able to, to look at that, yeah. but they're not wrong. I mean, if you want to compare one era to another, you know, minus that sort of yeah. deflation, I guess you'd call it, you really do need the raw numbers. I mean, that index is yeah. great in a bubble. And I yeah. think going long term and looking back at particular periods of time, whether it's the 90s, whether it's this pandemic, yeah, those will be more useful. But when you want to compare, you know, different eras, you really do need those kind of raw, well, raw numbers. Well, right? and and also you want to be able to compare apples to apples. Uh, you want to be able to compare, you know, somewhat similar uh, you know, data, uh, you know, data stream. One of the things, for example, with, uh, you know, again, I have this retail order data set that I'm able to use, which it does account for, you know, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies uh, that I am able to account for and say what they were. And, you know, from it, I can get a rudimentary, uh, you know, chart for, uh, but, you know, I'm, I've been reluctant to, um, you know, the most recent iteration, I put March's numbers up about a month ago, and I did not even put my um, ratios there because I'm no longer comfortable with them. Um, it, it is because I I know that I I know from from looking at it because what I can do I was using that in the summer of 20, uh, 2020 uh, as well, and then when the diamond numbers came out, well, that was the actual solution to the puzzle. Right. And so I was able to see where things were and I was able to see that, okay, um, the system is that I had and have, it's pretty good at tracking the books in the middle. It's pretty good at understanding 
that um, you know uh, that uh, you know, Avengers outsells Black Panther. It's pretty good at understanding that Black Panther outsells GI Joe. It's pretty good at that, uh, and so I'm satisfied with the rankings in there. What gets uh, what gets difficult is when you get down at the bottom. Well, now you're getting to books where you know the variance at individual retailers can be way high. Uh, somebody makes a big bet on something that others don't. And that also is the case at the very top. So, um, you know, you, I did do in, uh, in, in for, for, I think for September and October, I did actually um, show my work to the point where I, I said, okay, well, this is, this is what I think these things landed at. Uh, and here's the range. And if you looked at the ranges, you saw that the higher they were on the charts, the wider the, the ranges the got. Range, yeah. And, and that's not that useful to people. And I'm, you know, I also don't want to encourage really people saying uh, too much about this outselling that when, when, for example, um, you know, one thing about what I've got is it's initial orders only. So this is much more like what Diamond and Capital had in the 80s and early 90s, actually all the 90s. That, that was all initial orders only. There was no reorders in the diamond charts until 2003. So, well, already I have charts there, but I can say that uh, in you know, September and October, uh, I miss anything that has to do with, say, uh, you know, three jokers, number one, second printing, third printing, fourth printing, whatever. That's just not in there at all. And the second, third, and fourth printing part of the business has gotten to be such a big part of it where it wasn't before. So you have that dynamic. Now, there is another source that uh, my my, colleague Milton Greep, who I do the annual report with, and we've been talking about how to do the annual report and what we can do with it. It never comes out until the summer anyway, so we're we're still working on it. But um, what he has been doing is using... Um, something that I did in the past at Comics Retailer Magazine to a different degree, his is much more high tech, which is he's using the, the comic shop of comic shops of Comic Hub. So the, the, the ones that use that Comic Hub point of sale you know, system uh, and they output a, a list of, uh, you know, their best sellers by units and dollars uh, every month. And he could also get uh, a rudimentary uh, uh, market share from it. Um, you know, the, the trick with these things are, or is, um, you know, the, the, first of all, it's sales to consumers and not sales to retailers. Um, that's a different kind of information. Yeah, it's not um, I'm only like saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. I'm only interested. I'm only interested in sales to retailers and people will complain, well, that's not the real sales. Well, I don't care what the real sales are to, you know, to the first sale is to the retailer. These books are not coming back. I I don't track sales. I track circulation. Mm -hmm. I want to know how many copies are out there. So that if a kid goes out and is talked into spending $20 for a book, you know, there's not another million copies sitting somewhere about to be dumped. And we have had that happen. Yep. Um, In fact, we do, I've been seeing it because I've, ever since they went to the top 500, 
uh, and you can see the, the the books coming in, the reordered books coming at the bottom, you can see where some of these second and third and fourth printings or variants get dumped five years later yeah. uh, because because nobody qualified for them. Uh, and so so that that's a dynamic that's out there. Um, so yeah, I, I I care about I care about the the sales to to retailers. Again, the sales to consumers is valid. Uh, that's that's it's it's a it's a it's a um, you know in you know I, I've tried it before both in you know retailers reporting it in comics retailer. We did that as a monthly feature for uh, for about eight or nine years. Uh, I also did a technological, more technological pilot program, which is how I met my wife, incidentally, because <laughs> she was she was uh, she was managing the uh, uh, she was managing the store in uh, in Seattle's Anadu Comics, and uh, she was the last person who was still faxing me sales charts <laughs> <laughs> after the whole program was over, and uh, we started just sending each other notes via the fax machine. Um, which is kind of sad, but it's also it's you were almost we're almost at twenty five years here, so this is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, the 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 dynamic is different, and also uh, you know one of the things you'll see if you look at uh, at the, the Comic Hub charts is you have to push the button at some point and say this is this is what we're tracking during the month of April, during the month of August, or whatever. Well, one of the things that happens is um, take a look at those charts and you'll see that, you know, some best-selling books that come out on the last week of the month are down here somewhere. And it's because they haven't had time to sell. Yep. And that is, that is something that is not at work in the, in the, in the distributor charts uh, because the distributor charts are, are what shipped. Right. And even there, there's about a 14% difference between uh, if a book is a week one book or a week five book. Well, it's even more aggravated if you're talking about um, sales to consumers because not all the books sell. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's not that there's anything wrong with those charts. They're reporting what they're designed to report, but it's a rain gauge that is only operating operating from you know, uh, midnight to midnight, right. and much of the rainstorm was after midnight. Mm-hmm. And so, this is what concerns me about you mentioned being able to compare across time. I can say that what I can here, 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 here's what I can use from 2021, 2020 across time safely with no other, um, with no other, you know, caveats. Um, I know how many different comic books came out. I know how many different releases there were. I've been tracking that and that's going to get increasingly hard too, as things, you know, hair off in different directions. If you do have a comic book, for example, that is not DC, but it's at, it's at lunar, but is not at diamond. Um, You know, it's, it's increasingly hard to know what's coming out every week. Uh, in terms of finding it in one place, uh, you know, there's there's been places that have always had it. Comic List has always had, you know, but back Comic List goes back to Usenet. Uh, it goes back to the the really early days of the internet. So I mean, it was it's a list of everything that came out, and then before that, 
we were running the the what's shipping charts in Comics Buyer's Guide, and before that, even it was in Comics Reader uh, uh, back in the seventies. So we've had ways of sort of you know gathering this information together, um, but uh, you know that is something where I can I, I can say yeah you probably don't want to compare the fall of 2020 with the fall of 2019 because there were a lot fewer comics out right yep now does that mean that the sales were still equivalent no as a matter of fact i was able to get enough information out of diamond uh in september and october when they ran those charts that i was able to you know reverse engineer some data that said no actually the, the per title sales were a lot higher and that's great and that's really what dc was hoping for i think as it started cutting back um but you know it it's it's really you know i i i think that you know in terms of in terms of comparing year to year um you know as far as comics unit sales uh and dollar sales it gets much much dicier yeah there's always gonna have to be an asterisk on that 20 yeah and, yeah and 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 we've had asterisks to, we've had those to deal with for years yeah okay you know when the whole loot crate box thing was going on yeah that was also blowing up the numbers i you know i think one of the reasons i don't think we, we got this the we didn't get end of year sales charts right away for 2016 because uh i think it was the number one comic book was big trouble in little china uh uh, uh, uh escape from new york one which only went to or most all of it went to loot crate, loot crate. uh and and it, it just it, i think that was why that list did not come out on schedule is it, it, everyone looked at it and said okay <laughs> technically it's true technically it's true that it is it, it was the highest circulation comic book of the year do you think with but, Marvel, uh, but maybe not the bestseller? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you think with Marvel going to to Penguin Random House? I mean, obviously they're used to providing circulation numbers, book scan, and all that kind of thing with graphic yeah. novels. Do you expect to have numbers from them? Yeah, you know, maybe not immediately. It may take a little while to yeah. get, get it up and running. But do you think that's a situation where it'll be a lot easier transition, and they'll be able to get numbers out if Marvel wants, well, uh, as opposed to Lunar? Well, I can say that the Comic Hub stores. They are providing BookScan their graphic novel sales uh, and have been for, I think, at least a year. So one of the things that Milton and I are doing is we're going to be moving a bucket of sales from what we think is in, in, in uh, you know, what, what we think is in the what we call the bookstore market. We're going to be moving those to the comic shop market because we know that they're comic shop sales that BookScan actually has data on. So you've got that. It does not appear to me from what I've heard that they're really interested in looking at magazines uh, because it's a whole other uh, and and that's that's just from what I've, I've just been able to read on the internet I it, they if, if they're not doing you know people magazine it's hard to believe they'll do comic books uh, you know much much higher uh, much higher circulation magazines than we've got um, and and also you know magazines get you into the you know, not the returnable market, which is also complicated as well by a, a lot of other things. Uh, it's just a very specialized thing to track. And there's already firms that track that. The, you know, the uh, AAM, uh, Alliance for Audited Media, you know, they're, they're the successor to ABC, uh, the Audit Bureau. Uh, and there's another one called BPA. 
they already track what magazines sell. I'm not sure there's a place uh, for BookScan to be able to do that with comic books. Um, and and so you you know it, the question then becomes: Will Random House do anything? Uh, Random House did in its uh, you know it did this big PDF to retailers where they listed features that they intend to come up with, and one of the things they said is that they would be doing some kind of sales chart for Marvel. Uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. That would be more than we got from Marvel when it was at Heroes World. Right. Uh, during much of that time. Uh, although there are some various artifacts from that time in its, its, its sales to astonish newsletter and various other things where you can kind of get that information figured out. Uh, and, and again, I can also, I also know a lot of that stuff because I have the audit bureau numbers and I have the, I have the, um, the postal numbers. Uh, so I can, I can retro retroactively do that stuff. Uh, it would be great if they did it. Um, Diamond is going to be a wholesaler for Random House. Diamond is currently a wholesaler for several other distributors that carry other publishers. So um, for years, you've been able to see Random House listed in Diamond's top selling publishers. Well, it's not all just the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the books that Random House publishes in comics. It's also, uh, it'll also include their um, things that they distribute for other people. Simon & Schuster, same thing. They'll have things that they distribute, uh, you know, imported lines, various things that, uh, that, uh, that turns up in their charts. Yen Press is, is one. I, I can't remember whether Yen Press is Simon & Schuster or Random House or whatever, but often if you'll go back in my charts, Sometimes they're in Diamond's report as yen. Sometimes they're in Diamond's report as the distributor, as the in-between. Um, so we could have a situation, though, where um, let's say uh, 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 let's say Diamond continues business as usual, shipping Marvel Comics to however many retailers they've got. Well, you could have a situation where. Marvel is not exclusive through Diamond, and you have a chart where its its books are ranked. Image still is exclusive through Diamond. Several other publishers are still exclusive through Diamond, uh, and so you're seeing 100% of their sales. Well, then it gets dodgy to say what the market shares really are. It's the market shares at Diamond and not the market shares in general, but... If we have anybody saying, oh, well, psst, Diamond is really 50% of the you know, Marvel or whatever, right. well, then we can kind of figure it out. For right. years, we, we've known that British sales at Diamond were about 10% of the, of, of the North American market. So we've always kind of just gone, okay, yeah, that's, that's this. So we can, we, can, we can kind of eyeball it and guess that. And also in terms of just straight rankings, Diamond ought to be able to absolutely capture the exact order that Random House is shipping things at because its sample size is going to be gargantuan. Right. It, you're still going to have, you know, whether it's 20% or 40% or 60%, whatever that number is of stores still going through them. Uh, that's more than enough that, um, you know, if Aliens is the number one book at Random House, 
Aliens is going to be the number one book at, right. at, at Diamond. So, um, you know, uh, what the charts will look like, I did do a, a, a Comicron Twitter feed a few uh, weeks back where I actually said, right, what would this look like? At, during the distributor wars, uh, if you go back to my pages that start in July of 95 and go all the way through to the end of the wars, um, it, which uh, it is really when capital, um, well, it's all over but the shouting uh, when, uh, when, when capital folds uh, in, I think it's August of 96 uh, and is, is absorbed into diamond. Um, in that period, if you look at those charts, I have a separate column. It says exclusive or non-exclusive. And that way you can look at it and see, oh, well, this, this, these books, if you want to, you can take that column on Comicron and sort and just get the exclusives and say, okay, this is the real ranking of just the exclusives right. or, or just the other way. Uh, is it perfect? No. Uh, but, you know, this is one of those things like going back when we were talking about the, the, the you know, Soviet uh, uh, studies and, and the, the transition there. This is something for the historians to figure out. This is not something the journalists are necessarily going to get a handle on right away. It's going to take a while. Uh, I, have, I, have, I have statistics that I've got that I've collected over this last year that I'm thinking I'm going to wait to roll out for several years to both be sure they're right. And also because, um, you know, the, what's interesting about the sales charts is we've mentioned that they're used for different purposes by different people. Uh, they also uh, you know, take on a different audience, the older that they get. Um, you know, the, it, this weekend's box office charts on box office mojo move the stock market. They actually impact things. There's something everybody goes to look at immediately because they tell the future. But when we're talking about what was the top movie this weekend in 1994, well, that's a whole different group of people that are looking for that information, mm -hmm. that need that information. And the same is true of Comicron. Uh, uh, Comicron, yeah, I've seen in the last year, basically, you know, traffic is down from where it was back when I had these big monthly explosions of data coming in. Right. Um, but there is still a steady beat of people who are looking for the old data. Um, the collectors, the, 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 you know, the investors that are, they want to know what something sold, the academics who are studying what things sold. Uh, and so, so basically, you know, I can tell you, uh, I can put a projection for, you know, April, 2021 sales based on what I think it is on my site tomorrow and, and on individual books. And I'll hear from six publishers that, this number's wrong uh, or you know, it'll be the representatives or something like that. Uh, and I'll usually respond. Okay. Well, you can also give me the numbers and then we won't have this argument. Uh, and sometimes they do because I do have that information from some. Um, but if it's something that I do in the charts for 2011, uh, or if I make a wholesale change, when I make those projections for the 1960s, um, 
there will still be people who will be able to criticize whether the numbers are too high or too low, but it's going to be a different group of people. And right. it won't be anybody, it won't be anybody who's paid to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, a lot of this is going to have to be, a lot of this history is going to have to be cobbled together retroactively. And, you know, I, and I'm, I'm looking at how much time, we need to put into some of that right now. I'm literally facing the question of, do I backfill, uh, you know, my homebrew charts for November, December, January? I've done February already, but I haven't posted them. Um, do I do I backfill those, or do I just hold off, assuming that the people who need that information uh, right away, uh, those are already gone. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, now we're playing for the people who will care 10, 15, 20 years from now. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting uh, thing to think about, right? Because as you said, it, we've already gotten past the point for the people who would have been useful to have it, you know, same month or, or month yeah. right after. So you, the longer you wait, the more accurate the numbers could be. And who knows what might change in the meantime, as that's, to, that's to right. Use your, to use your metaphor, the ground may stop shaking at some point. Yeah, and and let's 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 uh, let's talk best case for the numbers. And I've always said I care about what's best for the industry. I don't I don't care about what's best for the numbers. I think that in a lot of cases, you know what's you know what's best for the industry is having accurate numbers. Mm -hmm. But um, but I would never you know. Uh, suggest that you know it, diamond was wrong to shut down during the pandemic and stop putting numbers out i would right. that, that's that we're 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 in business to try to stay in business the goal of comics is to continue being able to do comics right uh it, that that's 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 kind of the goal um but you could envision a situation the most back to normal that this could look like if you want to use that phrase um is uh, if DC picks up Diamond as a wholesaler um, and uh, DC might end up picking Random House up as a distributor, uh, there, are, there are a variety of ways that this could happen. Uh, it, it, you could have a situation where uh, you've got a Diamond chart again that's got DC in it. Uh, and and it, would, it, would, it would look like what we've got for um for the mid 90s where we're saying yeah but it's not all of marvel it's not all of of dc but you know what it never was anyway right because because in addition to it just being one of several distributors it never included the newsstand mm -hmm. those charts did um and that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing i've got those numbers i actually have you know exact numbers internal numbers from various large publishers that they gave me uh, or that I also have, uh, you know, from these other, you know, postal and other sources where I can say, all right, well, here's, here's the numbers in these periods, you know, you know, not just diamond and, and, and this is everything. And I've been waiting to have a place to put it. Uh, I've been waiting to have time to put it out there. Um, Cause again, I, I, I'm sort of, I, I'm sort of in a position where, uh, you know, I, I, I have for 25 years, I've been dropping everything to do the monthly reports. Right. 
and uh, sometimes in airports, <laughs> sometimes at convention hotels, uh, sometimes in a cab at at at, uh, at New York Comic Con, uh, where I've had to where I've had to you know, sort of you know, work on this stuff on the laptop. Um, you know, I I I am finally I hope going to be in a position to uh, you know push forward on some of these other other things. Uh, but but we'll see when we do those that. Uh, I'm not just looking for one basket. I'm in a lot of these cases, I'm able to get everything. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I think that more than anything will be what people will be looking for in a world where, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really divided up a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, we'll be looking for any place that has everything. Uh, and if there have to be, asterisks and double asterisks and daggers and whatever little icons by everything saying, yeah, but this is probably 20%. Yeah, but this is probably 50%. Well, guess what? That's no different than a lot of the charts that we have for decades and decades. Uh, we just, it, it, it just becomes, what it becomes is it becomes a little harder for the people who care about the horse race to argue about. Right. And I have never cared about that audience. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. Um, it, there's value in these numbers, but you can't overvalue the numbers because at the end of the day, the most accurate numbers are the healthiest for the industry, as you as you indicated. But this is a I mean, honestly, this is, as you said, you're an archivist, you know, yeah. you're certainly not being paid by these publishers to, to put out accurate numbers to include everything. That, yeah. That's not what this is. And and honestly, the, the way the comic industry has been. Every, you know, ever since the introduction of the direct market makes it, as you said, nearly impossible to really know the exact true numbers when we're talking about international distribution, yeah. we're talking about reprints, we're talking about reorders. I mean, yeah. the comic industry is so unique in that way. And when I explain to people who don't have any idea the way it works, they're like, wait a second. So the retailer has to order something that hasn't even been created yet. Yeah. Yeah. Two months ahead of time. And they pay for it, and even if they don't sell it, they can't get their money back. Like, wait, what? Well, it's we we when you think about it. We will have a situation, and it's 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 crazy, but we will have a situation where I'm going to have data from the '60s, the '70s, and the '80s that is much more accurate than what we could generate now. Yep. For last week's books, uh, and in some cases, it's the exact information because I've got it. I mean, I've I've. It's one of the fun things about being in this business for, for, for 30 years almost now is people will walk out the door and they'll, they'll take their spreadsheets with them. Uh, they'll, and in some cases it's not, it's not a anything, anything, anything necessarily bad. I mean, the, the publishers will actually give us the material. Uh, give me the, give me the material. The, uh, you know, I, I, when Capital City went under, uh, I drove down to Madison on a rescue mission to get all of their files that they were willing to give me. Um, and, and the same has been true of, uh, you know, several other, you know, kind of rescue missions I've done on this kind of thing. It's a, it's a sad kind of archeology. span uh, But, you know, the people have been doing this, uh, you know, it, it, it is kind of fun. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to reconstruct, uh, you know, all the time, you know, sale, you know, when certain comic books came out in the 1960s, uh, where, you know, the the usual rules don't apply to be able to find the information out 
uh, you know, Charlton Comics. They never copyrighted any of their books. Uh, so there's no place to go. For, <laughs> for the, there's no place to book go to actually get the actual shipping date, uh, except fun things like um, date stamps on comics. Um, you, you go to eBay and you find a date stamp on a, on a comic book. Well, that is that that comic must have at least come out by that day yep, yep. because the retailer stamped the date on the book. Yeah. So, uh, but there, 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 there are, and there are other ways to get that information. But um, you know, it really is. Uh, you're getting down to uh, chases for information where there might only be one copy existing of a magazine that was printed in the thousands that said information about this comic book right. in in 1955 or whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The thrill of the chase. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been great talking to you, John. Um, this is really interesting information for me. I hope our listeners uh, found it interesting as well. Uh, I think the bottom line is we, we don't know what the future holds uh, for the numbers. Uh, I think there is value with getting the numbers uh, in a timely fashion, uh, but I totally agree with you. Um, if you have a choice between having quick numbers and accurate numbers, you're, I mean, accurate numbers matter. Quick numbers, yeah. if they're incorrect, yeah. not only are they they're less than useless. They can actually be harmful. That's worse. That's worse than having nothing. Um, so I, I applaud your efforts. Everybody go to Comicron, check it out. John does have a Patreon. Uh, I encourage you guys all to, uh, to contribute to that. So we can keep doing what he's doing so we can have this historical record. It's important. You know, I think comics are important. They're part of our culture. They're part of our society. They're part of our past and, uh, having resources like Comicron, I think are, are absolutely invaluable. So, uh, John, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners, maybe where they can follow you on social media? or? or uh, yeah, uh, Comicron, obviously, C-O-M-I-C-H-R-O-N uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, my, uh, as, a, as a fiction author uh, and comics writer, uh, my Twitter handle is JJM Faraway. Uh, I also have uh, a, you know, my Facebook, John Jackson Miller. Uh, there, is a, there, is a, uh, there is a Facebook page for Comicron as well, just playing Comicron. Uh, and, uh, you, know, you know, upcoming, uh, as I say, I am working on a number of things, uh, projects for, for Comicron that I'm going to be rolling out as, as soon as I get them done. Uh, and uh, then I have, uh, I have this summer, uh, you know, two big projects uh, that are going to be landing. Uh, my Knights of the Old Republic comic series from Marvel is being reprinted in a giant omnibus, uh, 13, 1,344 pages. Wow. Uh, that is coming out um, on uh, on July seventh. Uh, actually, go to my Twitter and you'll find that I'm auctioning some of those comics now, uh, it, it, so that I can buy more copies of the uh, of the of the giant thing. So go bid on those. Uh, uh, I'm put, putting money from the single issues into the actual oh, no. you know, purchases of the of the omnibuses because I mean it's it's a big 125 dollar you know book. Uh, and then also that novel I talked about, uh, it is a hardcover novel from Simon and Schuster. Uh, it, it is uh, Star Trek Discovery uh, Rogue Elements, and it features uh, the origin story of the uh, the character uh, Rios from the Picard TV series. So uh, it, it's a blast. I just got finished proofreading that book today. So that is coming out in August. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, and I'll put a link to the both the Comic-Con website and both of John's, uh, the Comic-Con Twitter, as well as John's uh, Comic-Con Twitter in the uh, show notes, everybody. So if you're having trouble finding them, you can go 
click there. Uh, again, John, it's been a pleasure. Great talking sure to you. Uh, we'll have to have you on again, maybe, I, I don't know, in a year, maybe the ground will stop shaking. We'll have you back <laughs> Let's on. hope so. Yeah, Let's see, hope so. Yeah, to see where we are. So uh, again, best of luck. And uh, as, a, as a lifelong comic fan myself, thank you for what you do. I think it's so uh, invaluable. Uh, and to all you listeners, uh, thanks to you, as always, for your support. And we will talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.